I would like to read the first eight verses of Psalm 40 and just pay close attention to the words here. Psalm 40. I waited patiently for the Lord, and he inclined unto me and heard my cry. He brought me up also out of an horrible pit, out of the miry clay, and set my feet upon a rock and established my goings. And he hath put a new song in my mouth, even praise unto our God. Many shall see it and fear and shall trust in the Lord. Blessed is that man that maketh the Lord his trust and respecteth not the proud, nor such as turn aside to lies. Many, O Lord my God, are thy wonderful works which thou hast done and thy thoughts which are to usward. They cannot be reckoned up in order unto thee. If I would declare and speak of them, they are more than can be numbered. Sacrifice and offering thou didst not desire. Mine ears hast thou opened. Burnt offering and sin offering hast thou not required. Then said I, Lo, I come in the volume of the book. It is written of me. I delight to do thy will. O my God, yea, thy law is within my heart. And actually, Psalm 40, verse 4 was the one that says, Blessed is the man that maketh the Lord his trust, and respecteth not the proud, nor such as turn aside to lies. I was born in uh, Kimball, West Virginia, on March the 17th, 1951, at home. And my dad's birthday is March the 18th. And dad asked, the doctor says, can you wait a couple of days? And uh, mother told uh, daddy, no way. Um, Anyway, I was born to Berlin Wise Kemp and Cosby Elizabeth Kilby Kemp, and I spent the better part of my normal growing up early life in southern West Virginia between two counties of residence, Mercer and McDowell, with my parents and four-year younger and only sibling sister, Rebecca, now with the Lord in July of 2019. During the very early years, we lived actually for a brief time in Roanoke, where my father worked two jobs, one at the NW Railroad and the other at Dr. Pepper Bottling Company. And, of course, I have little memory of this early time. After this, our family moved back and forth somewhat between Mercer County and a very small community called Lashmeet, where I went to elementary school, and Elbert, West Virginia, in McDowell County near Welch, West Virginia. And during these early years, we also attended area PB churches, frequented, pastored, and served by family members, including my parents, maternal grandparents, and others acquainted to a few of you, such as Elder Noble Mann, Thomas's father, before he was born, and another preacher known as Elder Ben Jenkins, that Thomas, his namesake, Thomas Benjamin Mann. little story there. I remember when I was little, cold winter, snow up to your knees, Elder Ben Jenkins coming up the gravel road to our house in his overcoat and galoshes. And he's a preacher in the old Baptist church, and he's carrying a chicken, bringing us a chicken. You'll hear a little bit about that here in a little bit. But, um, and as a young child, I can recall moments in church, and I can also well recall my mamaw Kilby giving me a stick of Wrigley gum or a Lifesaver candy, and other times when reflection would yield me eyes closed and wondering, what if there were no world, no creation, no planets, stars, earth, not anything, what would it be like? Just blackness? And if just blackness and nothing else, would I or how would I have any conscious awareness, let alone then not understanding that I would not be there either? Well, around the time of my fourth grade in Elbert, West Virginia, my father was seriously injured in a coal mine shuttle car accident 
that later after expiration of legal West Virginia state workman's comp benefits and a first badly botched spinal surgery, daddy suffered horribly from that, our family was forced to live on welfare and the accompanying sacrifice, sacrifices that as a child I have no comparison to appropriately understand as much did my parents or other adult relatives and friends, but more so now on this side of adulthood and experience of grace. After several years on welfare and additional support of family and church members, my father during recuperation attended first an art school in Cincinnati, Ohio, and then later a rehab school in Charleston, West Virginia, with resultant graduation from an electrical program at the latter and subsequent jobs with electrical contractors, including a short time in Carroll County, Virginia, near Hillsville, in a community called Woodlawn. At this Woodlawn school, I attended school with many of the orphans from the local Joy Ranch orphanage. And then, then, then Daddy was accepted at a fairly well-known Roanoke, Virginia architectural firm, Hayes C. Mattern and Mattern. As an intern electrical bid design estimator, his first boss there was Brother Eric Nashold, an engineer with the firm. And Eric and his wife Jan were and are continuous members of Mount Olive, where Elder Thomas Mann pastored from approximately 84 through 2007. More about my experience of grace and his involvement a little bit later, but my father by this time is also an ordained elder in the PB Church, and as a young child can remember him preaching with great passion, though not fully understood by myself then. With the move to Roanoke in the mid-60s, I attended Lee Junior High School where the Federal Pop Building now stands and later graduated from Jefferson Senior High School in 1969. I attended two years equivalent college between Virginia Tech and Virginia Western with no degree due to early withdrawal, getting married and working two part-time jobs between playing music professionally on weekends and also initially employed part-time at Structural Steel. Go steel business. (laughs) Sorry. Later substituted a steel job for a motorcycle mechanic. In the midst of these three M's, music, playing drums in the bands, motorcycles, and me, mostly. I was married at a rather young age to Deborah Steber from Craig County, Virginia, with two daughters from this union during these 16 years. And then after much sin and sadly a difficult divorce, Debbie was tragically killed in an auto accident, leaving our then 16 and 7-year-old daughters motherless. Preface to sharing the balanced summary of my experience, let me share that I find it somewhat challenging to enter into the drama, especially as it relates to dwelling on the seriousness and details of sin. Though not as great as some, yet we're required to acknowledge that as Scripture relates the hard importance aspect as related in the story of the Pharisee and the publican in Luke chapter 18. I pray the ability to honor him with this, since as Thomas also once shared in a sermon at Mount Olive, I or we do all the sinning, and Jesus does all the saving. The Lord began working on me through and during this extremely difficult and personal sinful time of my life. In God's mind and purpose, of course, planned before the foundation of the world. And then via this experience in about late 1986, when I can definitely express awareness of His sovereign, saving hand upon me in stark contrast to even other extremely difficult times of my life. One of which was when I was quite literally crippled around the age of 21 or 22 
by a difficult-to-diagnose rare hereditary arthritic condition known as Reiter's syndrome, which Dr. Blaylock of Lewis Gale Clinic intricately detailed could have one of three potential outcomes. He said, I could be crippled for life, or two, I could go, it could go away and never come back, or three, could come and go with occasional flare-ups for the balance of life. To date, I would confess the Lord has been good to me, allowing me much physical activity for these many years to date, with option number three being mostly predominant. During this time of greater awareness that I can humbly yet boldly express through grace of Scripture, I as then and now understand it in 2 Corinthians 5.17, which states, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. My father and mother were blessed to witness their son seeking truth and wisdom by attempting to be asking many of the right questions and dealing directly with the reality of unrepentant, relevant sin in life to that point, while also recognizing the beauty of God's Spirit and extending undeserved grace and mercy to me, the greatest of sinners. My sense of growing awareness regarding the sufficiency of Scripture to deal especially with life's Soulish spiritual behavioral issues as contrasted to actual bodily, biological, and disease-related problems as a result of the fall, which Brother Lincoln so clearly outlined. They were manifested greatly through a desire of not only reading Scripture, but also any books authored and related to Christian themes, but most notably, a book that just happened across my path entitled Competent to Counsel by Dr. J. Adams. And then the growing nuthetic Nuthetic is a Greek word from nuthateo. means counsel, admonish, or instruct. The growing nuthetic movement is still present and viable today. Thomas and I shared greatly at this time in the blessing of seeing lives altered through and by godly counseling, not only on an individual level, but seeing how the Lord changes and redirects His children's lives via the Holy Word, also in the gathering of the church and the corporate worship experience. The Lord continued faithful to use many life-influencing and altering events, not the least of which was the death of Debbie, my first wife, but during the same time frame, the deaths of other family members, most notably my maternal grandfather, an elder in a PB church for 40-plus years, his son Bill, my, my uncle, a good dear friend, Jim Tarter, his 10-year-old daughter was killed in a tragic horse accident, and most importantly, his godly way of dealing with it. I was blown away. A very good customer named Walt Hartzell was also tragically killed and quite literally run over while riding his motorcycle, hit by a drunken driver so inebriated he did not know he had even driven over him. Again, I beheld a Christian family here, and the way they conducted themselves is a shining example of tragedy, handled through grace as was the case in each of these and many others. At the funeral home in Newcastle for Debbie's funeral, here shows up Thomas and Sister Joyce can't tell you what an impact that had on my life at that time. There's, of course, myriads of other details not fully expressed for better understanding, but suffice to say the sin of my life, well, again, as expressed in a sermon that Thomas once preached that we acknowledge from Romans 3.10, as it is written, there's none righteous, no, not one, and therefore each of us should rightly confess, if you only knew me like God knows me. Yet there's grace upon grace, and then more grace, for which we can all be eternally grateful. In the years following, the Lord is blessed with a wonderful, godly wife, Cindy, mother to our two sons, Evan and Emery. Brother Thomas' wife and midwife, Hannah, delivered Emery at home. 
Several grand and great-grandchildren yet can fully vow, fully vow again in best summary, I do all the sinning and Jesus does all the saving. The Lord allowed this experience to still be even greater by allowing me to see the working beauty of His Spirit again through other details of God's family with lives weaved and intertwined together, such as Thomas sharing during the time of our baptismal pool of the day of our baptism for Cindy Kelly and myself that my maternal grandfather, Elder I.W. Kilby, baptized Brother Norval Mann, Thomas's father, and then later after being ordained as an elder, then Brother Norval baptized Thomas. And then after Thomas's ordination at a young age, both he and my father, Elder Berlin Kemp, together in 1989 of November, now we're baptizing Cindy, my daughter Kelly, and myself during a wonderful end gathering revival at our home church, Mount Olive, here in Roanoke, Virginia. Thomas later also baptized Evan at age eight. Our son Emery was one of the first baptizees here at Mount Olive by Brother Dolph in June 3rd of 2012. And even now, since coming to faith, Christian school that is, I'm still in that context, I have seen the Lord working in Romans 8.28 through a 2002 three-way church split. A new overbearing greedy owner at the shop that I worked at in 2005 where I was in a 30-plus year satisfying career path and Thomas's subsequent departure from Mount Olive while Thomas began teaching at FCS part-time and then a building program implemented and his suggestion to me to pray consider a facilities and maintenance director position they would surely not pay what might be considered sufficient in comparison. The rest, they say, is history, or I should say his story. I retired in August of 20. Galatians chapter 3, verses 6 through 9 says, Even as Abraham believed God, it was accounted to him for righteousness. Know ye therefore that they which are of faith, the same are the children of Abraham. And the scripture, foreseeing that God would justify the heathen through faith, Preached before the gospel unto Abraham, saying, And thee shall all nations be blessed. So then they which be of faith are blessed with faithful Abraham. And 2 Corinthians 4, 5 says, For we preach not ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord, and ourselves your servants for Jesus' sake. Since then, our family and church family has been beyond abundantly blessed to have the Painter family come be with us and share in our labors, trials, and provide comfort leadership, love, and guidance for life here served in the Lord's kingdom. Blessedly, we have been taught these past rapid 12 years in practical, scriptural, mandated ways to discern truth from error, to get back up over and over after falling down, and not to enter into the present woke culture error of this poor, pitiful victim blame game. Reminder here that in the dictionary, both words victim and victor are very near to each other. So let us forever be ready to proclaim Christ's victory. I failed in an important time in my life, and Jesus, and not that He needs them, along with some of His angels, picked me up more than once and encouraged at a time when the world, which is backwards, was saying, you need to give up, considering especially how sinful you were and still are. So you might as well give up, give in, and why bother? Many key people interceded for me and continue to this day. And like Paul, who named names, so could I, because the Lord knows them that are His, Second Timothy 2.19. And many of you have and are blessed in similar capacity, also recognizing many of these intercessors have gone on to glory, as we've heard Brother Danny share.
Proverbs 23, 23, I'll close with this. It says, Buy the truth and sell it not. Also wisdom and instruction and understanding. Everyone is selling something. And the big question is what are we buying literally and figuratively? Most importantly, spiritually and practically. Also, what are we selling? Are we proclaiming a Savior that can only save in a man-centered, limited capacity? Or a true Savior, Jesus Christ, who as is clearly stated in Matthew one twenty one, And she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. I leave you with a question. My dad, Elder Brolin Kemp, who along with my mom and others, lovingly, patiently endured my endless, persistent questions about my then poor, pitiful, grace-resistant attitude. During many of our spiritual discussions, he would simply say, Richard, how big is your God? So I say to all of us, how big is our God? And as my dad would have said, and he closed services many times, he would have said, Thank you for your attention and God for his glory.